RP Fighting Blindness, number 107, summer 2003. The newsletter of the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society. Your readers are Lynn Clifton, Chris Walsh, Tony Mayston and Terry Penny. We are all members of the Old Jailers Music and Drama Society from Buckingham. In this issue, editorial, community fund, secretary's notes, AGM, sponsors Orange, branches, research news, welfare news, retina week, branch news, goal ball, letters, obituary, making a will, AGM program. BRPS is grateful to Lloyd's TSB PLC for sponsorship of this newsletter. Under our system for providing you with a taped version of the BRPS newsletters, you no longer need to return the tapes after you've listened to them. British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society, registered charity number 271729. Honorary Secretary, Mrs Linda Cantor, MBE, BRPS, PO Box 350, Buckingham, MK181GZ. Telephone 01280 821334 for office inquiries. Email info at brps.org.uk. Website www.brps.org.uk. Welfare Manager Mrs. Anne Fisher, 4 Middle Street, Thriplow, near Royston, Hearts, SG8 7RD. Telephone number 01763 208045. Helpline number 01280 860363. Membership subscriptions. Single membership £10. Subscriptions, which are due on the 1st of January, should be made out to BRPS and sent to the Secretary at BRPS, P.O. Box 350, Buckingham, MK181GZ. Any donations above the £10 subscription will be most welcome and received with grateful thanks. Braille copies. Please contact the office if you need your newsletter in Braille. Editorial by Selwyn Higgins. On a Friday afternoon in March, I received a most welcome telephone call from my contact at the Community Fund of the National Lottery with the news that BRPS had been awarded a grant applied for in June last year. It will cover a three-year research project led by Professor Shomi Bhattacharya at the Institute of Ophthalmology. I thought that this brought an end to the mountain of form-filling and case-writing, but no way. The offer came with pages of contractual conditions, which must all be agreed before any payments can be made. After a few frantic days, we've reached agreement on these and the offer has now been formally accepted. Can I take this opportunity to thank our Treasurer, George Thompson, for his invaluable help and support over the past two weeks? After certain detailed plans have been agreed, the work will commence. We know from the calibre of the people involved in the research that it will add more pieces to the jigsaw that is slowly drawing towards the first treatments for RP. In spite of this great news, the regular work must go on, so I must now start phoning around the willing hands to form a team for our local street collection. The lottery money, welcome as it is, specifically funds one project, and we must keep many going if we're to reach our objectives. For this reason, it is vital that we all continue to make the maximum effort to raise the finance that will finally confine RP to the dustbin of history. 
See you at the AGM. Take care. Community Fund Award. The British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society wishes to express its thanks to the Community Fund of the National Lottery for the very generous award of £145,257 to fund a three-year research project at the Institute of Ophthalmology. The project is designed to identify and study the biochemistry associated with retinal dystrophy genes from three specific chromosomes. Members will be kept informed of the progress of this work in the usual way through the research news column of Fighting Blindness. Secretary's Notes, Linda Cantor. Having heard the editorial, you will know the wonderful news about the lottery grant. This is almost entirely due to the efforts of Selwyn Higgins, and I am sure you would all like to join me in thanking him for his tireless efforts, devotion and commitment to the society. I know that he has burned a great deal of midnight oil in this project. Thank you, Selwyn. Although our battle to find a treatment for RP progresses, there are patients newly diagnosed every day who might live in an area where there is no longer a branch to give them the support which they desperately need. All of us who have experienced losing sight through RP have a lot to offer the newly diagnosed RP sufferer, and it is through our branch network that we can reach and, hopefully, give comfort to these people. The Society would welcome hearing from anyone who feels they can start a small group in their area to give this much-needed aid. United we stand, divided we fall. Annual General Meeting 2003 by Alan Foster Our 27th Annual General Meeting of the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society will be held at the Talbot campus of Bournemouth University on Saturday, June the 21st. Many of you have sent back the questionnaire included with the spring newsletter, but if you didn't manage to return the questionnaire and you would like to come to the AGM, there will be plenty of room at the event. At the end of this newsletter is a programme for the day. There is plenty of space and ample car parking. If you'd like a map, please phone the office on 01280-821-334. Morning Stands and Exhibition During the morning of June the 21st, there will be a number of manned exhibition stands in an area of the campus named Spice. Apparently it is so called because during the week this is where students can find the curries and stir-fried foods on which they seem to survive these days. This year we hope to have stands for... CVIP Limited, Voice Diary, Force 10 Company Limited, Screen Reading Software, Concept Systems, Electronic Devices for Reading, Writing and Typing, Choice Technology and Training, Speech and Magnification Software, Port Set Systems Limited, Speech Enabled Computer and Internet Products, Sense, Services for Deaf Blind People, Access to Work Disability Services, Guide Dogs Association and Orange, our main sponsors. There will also be the usual information desks for the society itself and for the sale of greeting cards. In 2002, some of the exhibitors gave short talks and demonstrations. This was well received and will be repeated. A detailed programme for these demonstrations will be posted at the AGM but it is likely that there will be four demonstrations between 11.15am and 12.40pm in the Lees Lecture Theatre. Afternoon Session 
Details of the afternoon session are in the programme for the day and it promises to be very lively and informative with Dr Jerry Chader from the USA and Martin Whitbread as our guest speakers. It'll be in two halves with a mid-session break for light refreshments at about 3pm. The prize draw will follow at about 5.15pm. Catering. Tea, coffee and biscuits will be available during the morning. For those who wish to purchase lunch, the university's refectory dining room will be available, situated in the same area of the building. There are also grassed areas outside the building and a coffee bar next to Spice for those who bring sandwiches and picnic lunches. Finally, a finger buffet will be available following the afternoon session. Again, it would be helpful to have numbers for this buffet, so please send in the questionnaire if you have not already done so. Bournemouth and Poole Contact details for the Bournemouth Tourist Office were given in the Spring Newsletter. They can be found on 0906 892 0234 or www.bournemouth.co.uk The brochure points out that Bournemouth is a world-class resort with seven miles of blue flag beaches, award-winning parks and gardens, world-class entertainment and non-stop nightlife. In the spring newsletter, Steve and Adrienne Harris, 023-8047-6894, offered to provide advice on accommodation locations, prices, etc., Pool Tourist Information Centre can be contacted on 01202 253253 or www.pooltourism.com. Bournemouth and its surroundings are a lovely part of Britain. Why not make the most of the AGM and stay on for a few days to explore the area? Orange, proud sponsors of this year's BRPS Annual General Meeting. At Orange, we aim to make a positive difference to people's lives with simple and innovative services that help everyone communicate better. We're working towards a time when everyone can communicate however, wherever and whenever they wish. So we're doing all we can to make sure our products and services meet the needs of our older customers and those with disabilities. We already have a range of Orange products and services that may be helpful. Orange is delighted to be associated with the British Retinitis Pigmentosa Society and is looking forward to supporting this year's annual general meeting in Bournemouth. Please take the opportunity to visit our stand at this year's AGM where Orange representatives will be on hand to answer your questions. Alternatively, call Orange on 0800-801080. Visit www.orange.co.uk forward slash disability services forward slash or ask at any orange shop branches supporting the society by chris gash it is with regret that i have to inform our members of the demise of three of our branches since the beginning of the year they are northampton nottingham and wiltshire this has been due to a lack of support from the members in those areas Offset against this is the fact that the Society has managed to gain enough support to create one new branch. But why only one? Where are all the committed people? If this trend should continue, then the Society itself will be in danger of losing its effectiveness. Although the prime purpose of a branch is to bring people with RP together, one vital function is the fundraising work. 
If this effort diminishes, we will not have enough money to fund new and existing research into a treatment for RP. The previous good work of branches and others will slow to a halt, just when we are getting so close to achieving the result that we all want. We cannot leave all the work to others, predominantly the USA. If we are not seen to be helping ourselves, do we really have a right to expect a share in the results? Branches raising funds have been the lifeblood of the society since its inception 27 years ago. Large individual donation, whilst very welcome, come along all too infrequently. The steady income is that which comes from branch fundraising. There are several areas of the country where there are no branches, yet have several members. One of these areas, for example, covers the counties of Gloucestershire, Hereford and Worcester. Within these counties we have some 71 members. I shall shortly be contacting these and asking them to support the society by forming a branch or a sub-branch. Branches are the perfect opportunity for members to meet others in their area, share their problems and give each other support and advice. I hope they, when contacted, will agree to meet up, select a small committee and in time join with the rest of us in continuing the search for our goal, which is not too far away, but there is still work to do. Research News To begin with, although this isn't news, may I use this column to reply to some of the questions I receive on dietary supplements. I receive quite a few letters from members seeking advice on the use of such supplements as a means of controlling the progress of RP. In every case, the answer, which probably sounds evasive, has to be, sorry, we can't advise either way, because there's just no evidence that this substance could be beneficial. The reason for this is mainly the nature of RP. As you will be well aware, RP is caused by a variety of genes emitting faulty information, which results in the wrong protein being produced in one or more of the various component parts that make up the retina. A dietary supplement cannot correct this basic fault, but it might just possibly have a very slight effect in supporting the cells affected by the faulty protein. All of these supplements, vitamins and others, do not claim to have more than a slight benefit, and this is the root of the problem. RP has many different genetic causes and is really a family of diseases, all with slightly different effects and varying rates of deterioration. Even in the case of a single sufferer, the rate of deterioration will vary from year to year, sometimes with no noticeable change for a year or two. For this reason, it's almost impossible to assemble a group of patients on whom to test dietary supplements that claim to have slight potential benefit because it's impossible to ascertain what has caused any perceived slowing down in the deterioration of the RP. Would it have happened anyway, as it does with so many people? From this, it follows that the only advice we can offer is that, taken in moderation, dietary supplements will not harm you, but beware that large doses can harm other organs in the body. We cannot make any promise of results. In addition, we would advise that if you wish to embark on any course of dietary supplements, you seek the advice of your doctor. One interesting piece of news to break recently is the use of slow-release cell capsules inserted in the eye. The technique is to use capsules with a limited porosity, allowing cell products to escape slowly but preventing transmission in the other direction. Whereas gene therapy uses corrective genetic material to cause the correct cells to be produced in the eye, this technique inserts actual cells. These may manufacture the particular protein that may be lacking. Experiments so far have used the protein ciliary neurotrophic factor, CNTF, and capsules were inserted in one eye of several dogs with RP. 
it is reported that after seven weeks tissue destruction in the treated eye had halted, while the untreated eyes had lost half of their light-sensitive cells. There is still much work to be done, and this technique is some way behind gene therapy, but it could represent one more possibility of a potential form of treatment. Welfare news. Anne Fisher. Stay Warm is a low-cost electricity and gas scheme designed specifically for people aged 60 or over. It supplies all the electricity and gas you need at one low fixed price for a year. So, if you are 60 or over and qualify for Stay Warm, the scheme enables you to make fixed payments, weekly, fortnightly or monthly, based on the number of bedrooms, maximum of three, and the number of people, maximum of four, living in your home. You can use as much electricity and gas as you need. It won't affect the amount you pay. Stay Warm has recognised that keeping your home warm is an issue which is particularly significant as you get older. So, if you are 60 or over, it could make a big impact by helping to keep your home comfortable all year round. For more information, call them on 0800 1 694 694. The National Library for the Blind has a collection of reading materials for adults who are learning Braille. Their Learner's Library currently has over 300 members, but they feel there are many more visually impaired people who could benefit from this service. So if you are learning Braille and would like to practice your reading skills, or would like to borrow materials, call them on 0161 355 two zero 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 or email inquiries at nlbuk dot org Voice Diary IMP is a small and powerful personal organizer with a four megabyte memory giving over ninety minutes recording time. It uses three AAA batteries, rechargeable or non rechargeable. There is no loss of data, time or date when changing batteries. The clock runs off an independent battery lasting several years. Three models of voice diary are available to give people more independence. Contact Consultancy for Visually Impaired Persons, CVIP Limited, on 020-8420-1338 or email iki at cvip .co.uk or try the device at our AGM. Ladies, consider having your eyelashes dyed. Then you can use colourless mascara instead of trying to cope with a coloured wand. From the Beauty Tips and Techniques leaflet, Action for Blind People, 020-7635-4800. The website from the BBC called Ouch, www.bbc.co.uk forward slash ouch, deals with all aspects of life living with disabilities. The Department for Work and Pensions have issued a guide for state pensions for carers and parents. Many carers and parents will build up state second pension automatically but some may need to take action to ensure they get more when they retire. From the April 2002 to 2003 tax year, claims for Home Responsibilities Protection, HRP, need to be made within three years of the end of the tax year in which the caring took place. 
To find out more, call 0845 731 3233. Giving reference number S2PPR or visit the website www.pensionguide.gov.uk The RNIB Century Hotel is running activity and themed breaks. They are Blackpool Heritage, two nights, a hundred years of fun from the 18th to the 20th of July. Family Week, seven nights, letting your children do their own thing. This includes all activities and supervision from the 30th of July to the 6th of August. Family Fun, four nights, fun for all from the 18th to the 22nd of August. Flowers in Bloom, two nights, a blaze of colour and scents to blow the senses from the 22nd to the 24th of August. Scottish Break, four nights, with music, food and drink, Scottish style, from the 13th to the 17th of October. Shopaholics, four nights. Shop till you drop with special offers and deals and the finest centres in the northwest from the 10th to the 14th of November. For prices and further information, call 01253354598. Until recently, if you took a service provider or employer to court, they might try to prove that you weren't disabled under the DDA. This has proved very stressful and time-consuming for people trying to take a case. But from the 14th of April, a BD8 or certificate, letter or registration card from a local authority means you automatically qualify as disabled under the Disability Discrimination Act. The old process of having to prove you are disabled still applies to people not registered. If you believe you may have been discriminated against under the DDA, please contact RNIB for a self-advocacy pack. A quiet worker. We regularly hear of the excellent work carried out by our members in the branches through the branch news reports, but there are many members who toil away quietly raising funds in their own way. One of the many such quiet workers is Miss Vera Riley of Leicester. Vera is 97 years old and over the years she has raised over £1,500 for our research fund. This has been achieved by donating the proceeds from three books that she has written on the subject of positive living as a means of overcoming disabilities. Vera was born in 1906 and has suffered from a gradual deterioration of sight due to RP. In her youth, she graduated from the only College of Music for the Visually Impaired with the LRAM teaching diploma and spent her working life as a piano teacher. In 1934, she was involved in a road accident which, after treatment for her physical injuries, resulted in severe delayed shock. This she overcame by studying the power of the mind as a positive means of defeating such a condition. On retirement, Vera decides to pass on her experiences to others, and she did this through a series of books. The first was Positive Living, which was soon followed by The Way Ahead and Stepping Stones. We are lucky to have such members and are most grateful to Vera for her efforts over the years. I feel sure that she is an inspiration to all of us. Vera's books are around 30 pages each and cost £1 each. If you'd like copies, these can be ordered direct by phoning RS Print Limited on 0116 233 
0043. Every book purchased brings a donation of 50p to BRPS. Stem Cell Booklet In the last issue of Fighting Blindness, I announced that the booklets on stem cell therapy were now printed and available from the BRPS office. We now have a tape version available, thanks to RNIB for recording it and to my local talking newspaper, the Kennet Cassette, for allowing me to use their equipment to produce the copies. If you would like a copy of the booklet or the tape version, will you phone the office on 01280 or email info at uk. Retina Week September the 21st to the 28th, Mireille Portlock. Wouldn't it be great if we could mark Retina Week by staging a major event in as many areas as possible? It would mean involving a greater number of our members, fellow sufferers, families and friends in fun and fundraising. The event could be organised by any member or friend of BRPS who has an idea and is prepared to implement it. So please, contact your fellow members and ask for their help. One very good suggestion for such an event is that of a sponsored walk in the countryside, followed by a buffet or pub meal, or an evening function for the more energetic participants. Remember how successful the Stride for Sight walks, organised by Colin and Linda MacArthur, have been. Stride for Sight would be a superb, eye-catching title for such an event, especially if lots of them could be organised all over the country. Think of the publicity we would gain. We hope that members of BRPS, as well as members of their families and friends of all ages, would take part. The accent should be on the social aspect, though of course keen walkers might like a challenge, in which case they could have a longer route or go over the route more than once. If those you contact cannot take part, perhaps they might like to sponsor the walkers and or meet the walkers at the end. In some areas, there may be a very obvious route for a walk, along the coast, round a lake, etc., and subsequent social, but if in doubt, the local authorities or the tourist board should be able to offer advice and, hopefully, help. In any case, you need to check with them beforehand and ask them if they believe that the police need to be informed. They will advise you on the suitability of the route or restrictions, dogs having to be kept on leads, not suitable for pushchairs and so on. If you are hoping for a large take-up and lots of donations, the date and the venue must be advertised well in advance, i.e. before the summer holiday season, as well as the week before the event, in the local papers, on notice boards, in the local library, in church or association's newsletters, anywhere, in fact, where you might attract notice and, of course, by word of mouth. Appeals for sponsorship can be publicised at the same time. Most local papers have a What's On section and will gladly put in notices about forthcoming events. Most local shops will display posters as long as they are not big. A4 is ideal. And of course, your local radio stations, who are always looking for items of local interest, will be willing to mention your events and probably ask you to come and talk about them. If the idea worries you, delegate it to another member. The poster needs to be clear and eye-catching. If you are good at art, it is wonderful but a simple computer-produced poster can be very effective too. Don't forget to invite the media, TV, radio, press, to the event itself. 
If you can involve a celebrity or someone well-known locally to take part in your walk, you will get even more attention and take up. If the media turn down your invitation, take photos and send them afterwards to the local press with a short article. If you feel doubtful about the take-up for this sort of activity in your area, pick another one. But do try to stage it during Retina Week and advertise it. You and your helpers need to feel reasonably confident. The main idea is to attract people's notice, encourage them to participate and raise funds. Please contact the office for sponsorship forms and T-shirts. And finally, please let me know in advance of the Retina Week event you have organised so that I can issue a press release to national papers and magazines. The more events there are, the better it will look. You can email me at mirei, that's M-I-R-E-I-L-L-E-L-P at A-O-L dot com or write to me. Marae Portlock, 7 Chestnut Close, Uppingham, Rutland, LE159TQ. Good luck and best wishes. Branch News. Croydon and District Branch, Joan Rakanya. We are having our annual social do, which is a cheese and wine party, on Saturday the 17th of June 2003 at 2pm in the committee room Purley Hospital, Brighton Road, Purley. Do come along and bring a relative or friend who can join in the fun. This is a chance to meet others, have a chat and keep up to date with what's going on at BRPS. By now, those on our mailing list should have received their personal invitations. But if you have not received yours yet and would like to know more, please ring Joan on 020 Eight six six zero eight one six four. Our next Croydon BRPS AGM will be held in the committee room, Purley Hospital, Brighton Road, Purley, on Saturday, fifth of July, two thousand and three, at two p.m. Our guest speaker will be Angela Cater, who will be giving us a talk on dog therapy. Please come along because it gives members a chance to talk about what they want from BRPS and updated research news. This meeting will be particularly interesting as this will be after the National BRPS AGM which will be held in Bournemouth this year on Saturday the 21st of June. Dorset Branch, Janet Keane. The branch held its AGM on a beautiful sunny day Saturday the 29th of March 2003. During the business of the meeting, ably chaired by Giles Romanes, those members present were delighted to hear that the branch had raised £6,260 during the year and had sent £6,000 to the research funds. The income was broken down and special thanks were given to Giannini Fashions, Peter and Edna Pryor for organising a skittle match, to Patrick and Jane Offord and to Gladys Wells, our octogenarian fundraiser, for their very generous donations. Gladys had to leave the meeting early as she was unwell and we wish her a very speedy recovery and look forward to supporting her at her annual coffee morning in May. Toby Hart and Janet and Graham Keane have arranged a programme of collections throughout the year and as always, extra collectors will be much welcomed. Please contact Toby on 01202 661101, Bournemouth and Poole area 
or Graham on 01300348851 for the Dorchester and Bridport area. The branch also expressed their thanks to David Walsh for his five years' hard work as secretary and to his wife Carol for her support. Following a delicious ploughman's lunch, we were treated to a talk by Dr Andrew Webster, which was both informative and interesting. Dr Webster covered a vast range of matters concerning his work with RP and was able to update us on the formats of the disease, current diagnostic techniques and recent developments in research. We now look forward to a profitable collecting season during the spring and summer, hoping the sun shines for us all. That is the end of side one of the tape. Please turn over to listen to side two. Branch News. Essex and Suffolk Branch, Val Banwell. Hang on while I get the sun cream. I don't want to get burnt standing in the sun with this collecting box. Where's the sun hat? OK, off we go. What have we do- been doing so far this year? 28 members attended our AGM in March. We enjoyed hearing from Lizzie Winchester, who talked about her work as genetics coordinator at Moorfields Hospital. She emphasised how important it is for individuals to ensure their names are on the register of people with RP at Moorfields. We were delighted to welcome new members to the committee and look forward to bouncing ideas off each other. If you've read your minutes of the AGM, you will find that buried deep within is a short sentence that says that Colin and Linda are planning to move and will probably be resigning as chairman and secretary at the next AGM. That's not good news for the branch. Linda and Colin have been the backbone, ribs, femur and humerus of the branch for the best part of 20 years. They'll be a hard act to follow. A year is not a long time to find and groom someone for this job. The branch needs all its members to apply their minds to this problem. I can't bring myself to see it as an opportunity, I'm afraid. The second annual Stride for Sight will take place along South End Seafront on September the 21st. It is set to be a much bigger event than last year. The hope is that each year it will grow like Topsy until it attracts nationwide interest for RP.
It seems to be well on the way to achieving that. We had balmy weather for it last year and will do so again this year, so come along and join in a gentle six-mile stroll at the seaside. If this gets to you in time, you might just be able to rush round to John and Yvonne Spence's for their garden party on the 1st of June. Tickets are £10 and include wine and buffet. Wine? Did someone say wine? Our committee meeting in March heard about a number of proposed events for the summer and beyond. They include a garden party for charity in lieu of 50th birthday bash, quiz nights and a charity stall at Ipswich Hospital's Charity Fate. Members are working away out there, sending in some sizeable cheques. One brave person is planning to walk 25 miles between Southend and Corringham. Surely it's worth giving him money so he doesn't invite me along. Then there's the publican who is generously giving RP a portion of the proceeds from the charity fundraising he does at his pub over most of the summer. Definitely worth the trip out to Little Totem. I like the bias towards social events. I'm all in favour of helping people to enjoy parting with their money for research. Hearts and South Beds Branch, John Westwood. The branch raised £7,800 last year for RP research. Many thanks to all who helped to achieve this good result. We are now well into our 2003 fundraising. Our street collection in St Albans amounted to £841 with a further £191 from our annual stall at St Albans Market. Our next collection will be in the historic market town of Hitchin on Saturday the 26th of July. If you would like to help, please phone the Foley's on 020-8953-2351 or just turn up on the day and speak to one of our collectors. You can't miss them. Full on-the-job training will be given. Kate Fortnum's Weekenders Clothes parties continue to boost our funds. £1,000 in 2002. £600 so far this year. If you would like to hold a party in your own home, Kate has the clothes and is prepared to travel. Or you may prefer to attend the next demonstration at Kate's home. 01442 258 134. Our AGM, followed by afternoon tea, will be held on Saturday the 28th of June at the Leverstock Green home of Jeff and Kate Fortnum, commencing at 2.30pm. All members are very welcome. Please phone 01442 258 134 for information. The annual walk and pub lunch will be on Sunday the 17th of August. Details from Jeff and Kate on 01442 258 134. Other dates for your diary. Street collections. On October the 18th, Marshallswick. October the 25th, Arndale Shopping Centre, Luton. November the 29th, Harpenden. Christmas Social. On December the 6th at the Wayside Centre, Potter's Bar at 2.30pm. London Branch, Matthew Tagney. We are organising a grand fundraising evening at the House of Commons on Saturday the 20th of September with a star speaker, Sue Arnold, the famous journalist and patron of Croydon Branch, introduced by National Trustee Lord Birdwood. We are laying on a glittering evening with a gourmet dinner, 
pre-dinner drinks reception with live music, guided tours of the Houses of Parliament and an auction and raffle of items donated by celebrities. Tickets available soon will cost £75 a head, which is a lot, but we believe worthwhile for what should be a unique occasion and, of course, for our favourite cause. All are welcome to our monthly meetings. Details on our website or call Iona. Reminder of branch contact numbers. Alex, Treasurer and Welfare. New number 07949 Matthew, Secretary 020-77353428 and Iona Chairman 07971-272142 Midlands Branch, Rita Nichols. Whilst writing this, we have had two weeks of glorious weather. Wouldn't it be nice if this was a sign of the summer ahead? I would like to thank all the members of the Midlands branch who worked so hard during 2002 to raise £13,900 for RP research. Like many of you, I am sure we are finding it harder and harder to raise funds. This year so far, we have had two store collections, proceeds from Half Marathon, Social Night, funds from Birmingham Midshires, Proceeds from a family party plus donations, raising £4,000 for RP research. I hope the rest of the year will be as productive. Let's wait and see. We changed our meeting venue this year to the Harborn Cricket Club, as we were very kindly offered a room free of charge. It seemed to work very well, and members continued to socialise after the meeting with one or two drinks. Our speaker was a local historian, who gave us a talk on beer, bets and bull-baiting. It was very humorous and well adapted for visually impaired members. Future speakers are on aromatherapy and, hopefully, guide dog training. If any members have ideas for fundraising or would like to help, we desperately need you. Phone Rita Nichols on 01902 738 193. Also, if anyone has a comical story to tell about their life with RP, or an interesting story of achievement despite RP, please contact me on the above number. We need items of interest for our next Midlands Branch newsletter. I wish you all a good summer and a successful fundraising year. North Hans Branch, Rebecca Clayton. Dear friends, it is with sadness that I am writing about the closure of the North Hans Branch. We have bravely struggled on with dwindling numbers, mainly because of the staunch support from the people who have attended and sheer dogged determination. I've been a member of the branch for nearly 20 years, man and boy you might say. In that time we've had a lot of commitment from the branch members and committee alike. I've seen chairmen and members come and go, but friends still remain. For many of you there will be fond memories of years gone by, raising money by parachute jumps, balloon festivals, bike rides and Christmas cards. Anyone remember Rolf Harris's Cat and Mouse? Summer barbecues, sheltering under under umbrellas, and the annual post-Christmas lunches. We owe a gratitude of thanks to Yvonne for organising the Milton Keynes collection, a task she will continue to arrange. Despite our branch closing, there is still plenty going on in the BRPS world. The AGM will be coming up soon in Bournemouth, and there's always someone on the end of a phone on the helpline. Branches locally include Cambridge and Coventry, who would welcome any new members with open arms. Finally, I'd like to thank anyone who's contributed to the branch over the years. And as I'd class many as good friends, I'm sure we'll keep in touch. 
Somerset branch, Mike Phillips. The final meeting of 2002 took place on the 23rd of November. The guest speaker was Kate Claridge, consultant ophthalmologist at Musgrove Park Hospital, Taunton, who gave an informative and interesting talk about RP and other related topics. The branch AGM took place on the 22nd of March 2003 at Dorothy's home. The branch was able to send £2,000 for research funds last year. This was disappointingly down on the previous year. Hopefully 2003 will improve on this and we have got off to a good start with £1,000 already raised with two collections in Taunton. The branch committee was re-elected to serve for another year. After the meeting, members enjoyed an excellent lunch provided by Dorothy and her team of ladies. This year we had a couple of bottles of champagne provided by Lyndon Blackmore whose 50th birthday was due. Thank you Lyndon and many congratulations from us all on reaching this milestone. Collection dates have been arranged. Please contact Dorothy for details. Branch members will be attending the BRPS AGM in Bournemouth where it is hoped a minibus will be hired to convey us. Again, please let Dorothy know if you are able to attend. West of Scotland Branch by Ian McLenaghan We were unable to hold our AGM in February and it has been rescheduled for Saturday the 12th of April and a short report will come to you either in the local newsletter or in the next quarterly Fighting, Fighting Blindness magazine. The quiz night held at the Ogilvy Club was again well attended and the winners came away with prizes that included a portable CD radio cassette player and bottles of fine whisky. The generosity of those attending raised £527 to benefit our RP research fund. A lot of the work on the night was done by Rosin Robertson who is a staff member of the Royal Bank of Scotland and through the generosity of their Community Cashback Award scheme the Royal Bank donated a further £500 to the night's takings. Now that's what we call royal generosity. We would remind BRPS members that if members of the staff of any of the companies that are part of the Royal Bank of Scotland group are involved in raising funds on a voluntary basis and in their own time, as an individual or a group from a branch or department for our charity, the scheme administrators would like to hear of their efforts. Our thanks to everyone else involved. Paisley must be where all the money is these days as a fundraising group split the funds raised from a race night and a cheque for £200 was donated to both our society and a group that helps fund the purchase of wheelchairs for disabled people. That was really great and thanks to all concerned on the night. Now if Paisley can do it, how about other towns in the west of Scotland picking up the gauntlet? The following important dates for your diary are 7th of June branch meeting at the usual venue, a can collection in East Kilbride shopping malls, contact Willie Renfrew, we want your help for only two hours, so how about it? 4th of October branch meeting at which we will have Professor Alan Wright of the Medical Council of the Human Genetics Unit, Western General Hospital, Edinburgh, and we would ask that you support this meeting by attending and do bring a friend or family member. We are not usually as fortunate and new members are especially invited, so please do come along. 
The death of James Risk, who died on the 21st of March 2003, is marked by an obituary at the end of the magazine. Woking and District Branch, Dot Smith. Hi everyone. Hope you're enjoying a super summer and the lovely weather we're experiencing now in April as I prepare this item is still with us. Our timetable for this year was given a great start when Al Sloman and Steve Petty, rehabilitation officers at the Surrey Association for the Visually Impaired, joined us to talk about mobility and in particular to demonstrate the different types of canes available and their uses. Al Sloman has Usher's syndrome, so not only was there an empathy between him and our members, but also his talk about how he manages his rehab work was inspirational. We look forward to inviting him back at a later date. On the social side, we have a Skittles evening arranged at the Six Bells in Farnham for Saturday the 1st of November 2003. All are welcome, so if you fancy joining us, please contact Lorraine, our secretary, on 01784-245-214. The dates for our next meetings are Saturday the 6th of September and our AGM on Saturday the 8th of November 2003. Professor John Marshall has kindly agreed to speak at our AGM, so make a note in your diaries. This promises to be a very interesting and enjoyable meeting. Finally, if there are any of you out there who are looking for a good laugh, good company and plenty of information around living with RP, whether you suffer from RP yourself or not, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Yorkshire Branch, Mary Horsey. The AGM was held on the 5th of April when 21 members attended. Professor Chris Inglehern gave another most interesting talk on genetics, followed by an interesting questions and answer session. We have our usual collections arranged for the summer and each of the following areas and organisers would be most grateful if extra help could be given. One hour of your time would be most welcome. Please telephone the organisers for dates. Bradford and District, Ron and Jean Moulds, telephone 01274 678 499 Hull and District, David Stevens, telephone 01482 856 040 York, Don and Edith Brain, telephone 01904 794829 Chesterfield and District, Cliff and Mary Horsey, telephone 01246 569 924 Goalball by Karen Luke What is goalball? Goalball is a team sport for the visually impaired. There are three players per team on court at any time and it is played with a large heavy ball containing bells. Even though the players are often totally blind, everyone wears blacked out ski goggles to make sure nobody can see anything. The game is played by listening to the bells in the ball. The court is the size of a volleyball court, the goal being the full width of one end of this court, 9 metres. The players defend this by diving along the floor like goalkeepers. When they have defended the ball successfully, they return fire in a throw which resembles a 10-pin bowling shot. Many visually impaired people have said that goalball is the most rewarding sport for people with visual impairments. Everyone is equal regardless of variations in sight, 
and because there are only three players on court per team, a player is constantly involved. The pressure is always on and players have a chance to shine as well as being a good team player. It is a very quick moving game that requires extreme concentration. It is really hard to explain the game in detail in words, so all I can suggest is that you come along and take a look for yourselves or log on to the website www.goalball.co.uk or www.britishblindsport.org.uk Goalball in schools Now that many visually impaired children are being integrated into mainstream schools, it is increasingly difficult for them to get involved in team sports. Goalball can be played with only one blind child, so long as the sighted friends are prepared to give it a go and put on the eye shades. This enables the visually impaired child to have a chance to excel in a team sport which otherwise might be denied to them. Goalball is one of the few sports that can be played at a Paralympics level. We are constantly looking out for visually impaired males and females to participate in the sport. Although we are aiming to develop the sport for youngsters in particular, that doesn't prevent older people from taking part. We can put you in touch with your local team or supply the relevant information for you to form your own team. Also, any sighted people are, who are interested in volunteering to become a referee or helping at the tournaments or even wanting to establish a team would be greatly valued. For information about goalball or getting involved in the sport, contact... Karen Luke on 01785 604 653 or email karenluke1709 at hotmail.com Letters from Mrs A. Lambert, Geddington I have RP and sight only in my right eye, which is limited tunnel vision. For years I've suffered really bad headaches, due I think to light. I started using blue block specs for bright sunlight back in 1998. Recently, the headaches seemed to get worse, so I started using my specs all day, and for TV. I only allow myself two hours a day TV because of the screen being mainly blue. Since I've started using blue block specs for TV as well, the headaches have decreased somewhat. Some of the pictures look strange. I thought perhaps other RP sufferers may find it helpful to try their specs for TV as well as sunshine. I hope this suggestion may help someone. From Ken and Margaret Wormsley, Coppenhall, Crewe. Working tax credit. People with no young children. We're wondering if you have claimed the above credit. We claimed and we are shocked at the large amount that we have been told we will get. Although we both work, neither Ken nor myself pay tax because our taxable income is too low. They will be giving us a large payment every four weeks, starting on the 6th of April 2003. You will need to have the following information when you phone. Your national insurance number and your P60 for year ending 2002, saying what you have earned from April 2001 to April 2002. You must list any other taxable income for that period, such as pension, invalid care allowance, bank interest, etc. Do not put down disability living allowance or any other such income that is not taxable. You must work at least 30 hours per week if you are single or a total of 30 hours if you are a couple. 
Tell them if you have no children. Tell them if you get DLA for care in the home and make sure you tell them at which rate. With this information ready, ring 0845 300 3900 and you will be given some options. You need option number 1. Give them all these details and they will tell you very quickly what you can expect to receive. We hope you will be pleasantly surprised. You will then have to confirm all the details on a form, which they will send. Perhaps if you succeed, as a way of saying thank you for this information, you could send a little donation out of your windfall to BRPS headquarters. I find all donations are always gladly accepted. Obituary James Risk, aged 94, died peacefully at home on Friday the 21st of March 2003. Sadly, we learnt of the death of Isabel, who was married to James for 64 years, just nine days after James died. To his two sons, Douglas and Alan, and their families, we offer our sincere condolences. James was so proud of his family, all their ambitions and achievements gave him great personal pleasure. His love of fine music, choral and orchestral, his annual visits to the Perth and Pitlochry theatres with Isabel were rarely ever missed. I'm sure that access to the sound of his favourite music was never very far away. James became a member quite soon after returning from a RP meeting at Sheffield University and was soon on our committee, becoming a speaker and fundraising organiser, editor of our quarterly branch newsletter, which he produced single-handed in print and tape, he seldom missed a branch or committee meeting and became our chairman for a term. Remembered by many with affection for his commitment to the work of BRPS, his energy and organising ability, his open appreciation of the contributions of others and for the clarity of his lawyer's mind. Making a Will by Martin Gleeson We would all like to be remembered when we are gone. If you make a gift to the BRPS in your will, you will be a part of the fight to make RP treatable in the future. Seven out of ten people don't bother making a will, and it's the bereaved who are left to discover the consequences. If you die without a will, your estates will be governed by the laws of intestacy. These laws are inflexible as to who inherits what. The laws do not take into account individual need or personal affections. People inherit in accordance with a pre-set order. Some relatives and friends could lose out completely. Intestacy laws do not allow you to bequeath particular gifts. In some cases, the family home and heirlooms need to be sold before the cash can be distributed. Intestacy laws do not fully take account of modern life. If you are divorced or separated, or, if you are not married to your partner, you have a particular need to make or amend a will. Making a will also means you dodge the tax man, as gifts to charity can reduce the proportion of your estate that is subject to 40% inheritance tax. Leaving a legacy to the BRPS The fact is that more and more charities are relying upon legacy donations. One major charity gets 80% of its income from bequests. 
In the light of a general downturn in charity giving, the BRPS needs to make full use of this growing area. The people most likely to remember us in their wills are our own members and their families. Any amount can be bequeathed. In the past, BRPS have had the occasional sizable legacy, but whether it is an entire semi-detached house or a gift of a few hundred pounds, all donations will be welcome. When you come to make a will, solicitors often ask if there are any special arrangements you would like to make for your own funeral. One request that is often made is for a donation to be made to charity instead of sending flowers. Remember, should you make a donation, you can be assured that the BRPS keeps its administration costs down to a minimum with all donated money spent on medical research aimed at finding a cure or treatment for RP. Do I need a solicitor? Age Concern recommends using a solicitor rather than using do-it-yourself forms from the newsagents. Doing it properly helps with witnessing procedures and the legal meaning of words. Those without forevision may feel more comfortable with professional help. The cost of making a will can be in the region of £50 for a single will or £80 for joint husband and wife wills, depending on their complexity. If you've already made a will and wish to add a further bequest, you can add a codicil to your will, and this is usually cheaper than rewriting the will altogether. The best way of choosing which solicitor to use is by personal recommendation from someone you know. If this is not possible, then the yellow pages will list solicitors in your locality. Most local solicitors will be able to write a will for you, but telephone them beforehand to check that this is the case. Further alternative is that your local Citizens Advice Bureau or other advice agency may be able to give you the names and addresses of appropriate solicitors. If you have any queries about legacies generally, you're welcome to telephone the BRPS's legacy officer, Martin Gleeson, on 0151 283 Programme for 27th Annual General Meeting, Bournemouth University, Talbot Campus. Saturday, 21st of June, 2003. 10.30am onwards, reception. 10.30am to 12.30pm, information desks, exhibition stands. 12.45pm to 1.30pm, lunch. 1.30pm to 2.15pm, business session including minutes of 26th AGM, trustees and treasurers reports, Election to one Management Committee post. Questions. 2.15pm to 3pm. Welfare presentation chaired by Anne Fisher. Guest speaker will be Martin Whitbread. Access to work for the South West. Questions. 3pm to 3.30pm. Tea or coffee break. 3.30pm to 5pm. Research and medical presentation chaired by Professor John Marshall. Guest speaker, Dr Jerry Chader, Chief Scientific Officer, The Foundation Fighting Blindness, USA, followed by questions. 5.15pm, light refreshments and the AGM prize draw. Next newsletter. Items for inclusion in the next newsletter, autumn 2003, must be with the editor by the 10th of July 2003. The editor's address... Mr. S. D. Higgins, 54 Paddock Road, Newbury, Barks. 
RG 147DG. That is the end of the newsletter. Please do not return the tape to the BRPS office. <laughs>